Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back again to Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. My name is Lorraine Buckley and joined in studio by John and Anne Keeley. And as we said at the start of the programme, we have a very special guest today, Maeve Carlin. Welcome again, Maeve. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. We really, really appreciate it. So Maeve, today you're going to tell us a little bit about Rise of the Roses. What is Rise of the Roses? What is Rise of the Roses? Um, that's, it's hard to put it into words. Mm-hmm. Um, Rise of the Roses is a work of God. Um, we started off, um, we were inspired by the words of, of Pope Francis to wake up the world to the beauty of consecrated life for this year, for consecrated life that he mm-hmm. declared. And we came together and there is this, what begun as a very small group of us from the north has grown into over 100 girls um, and basically what we're doing is we are going around 10 convents in Ireland over 10 Saturdays this summer. And we are inviting people to join us to learn about the lives of the sisters, to celebrate, to pray together, to drink tea together and to plant a rose. And it's just this um, one big pilgrimage around Ireland that's begun at St. Bridget's Shrine in County Louth and Fahart mm-hmm. and is concluding on the 15th of August on the Feast of the Assumption in Knock, where we will thank Our Lady of Knock for all of the things that she's done for us. Now, this is a really awkward question, and I didn't include it in the list, but it wasn't deliberate. How did you pick the 10 convents that you decided to be part of the tour? The 10 convents, um, well, they were chosen by God. We, we took it to prayer, and we knew that it had to be the poor clergy and where we begun, because the idea came really from from our friendship with the sisters, mm-hmm. and it was an idea that came from them. So we, we, we were to begin with, with those sisters. And then we met sisters along the way. We, you know, ended up just hearing about sisters, and God just made it so clear um, who we were to visit. And it's funny that a lot of the orders that we visited are contemplative or enclosed orders. Yes. It's just the way that it has happened. There was no specific criteria that you had to meet. <laughs> it was just... You know, pretty much the 10 were chosen as well. Geographically, we wanted there to be a constant visit near everyone in Ireland, almost, so that the whole country could be a part of it, should they want to, you know, be part of the visit. So um, there were a number of things taken into consideration, and then God has just sort of um, sorted it out. And every, um, it's funny because every week, every Saturday, we're somewhere different, and with the poor clergy, we were there the 13th of June, the Feast of St. Anthony. Oh, And that fantastic. was so significant because they're Franciscan and St. Anthony was Franciscan. And then the Belfast sisters, um, it was St. Columbanus, and they themed their whole, um, their whole week around that. And every single stop has had a significance with a saint in the order or their foundress. It's just, it's unbelievable. You couldn't write it, but we, we don't say no way anymore we just say way because you know with God all things are possible so that's beautiful and I've just had a look at some of the YouTube videos and the posts on Facebook some of the photos it really does give a joyful sense of consecrated life uh, I mean that's the one thing that um, I had taken from the original visit to the sisters um, in Fahart it was their joy. It, it just captured my heart. And then, you know, that's what, what Pope Francis said when he declared the year for consecrated life. 
wake up the world to the joy mm. and the joy of the gospel. You know, he said that we're called to be disciples of joy and that's the joy that just comes from, from following Jesus and that's what we hope um, God can do through us in this mission, just to share the joy and to bring others into that that joy, that experience of joy. And that is, that's what it's all about. And, you know, our, our faith is just one big family tree. And this this year, we're just blessed to celebrate one branch, which is Consecrated Life. And it's just such a beautiful um, opportunity for us and for the whole nation to be a part of. So thank God. It is a wonderful opportunity. It is indeed. And that joy is deeper than kind of just being happy all the time. And yeah. as part of your kind of pilgrimage, if you like, or your Rise of the Roses tour, you carry a really distinctive cross with you. Can you describe the cross for our listeners and how it started out and what it looks like now and the symbolism of the cross? Uh-huh, for sure. I'd love to. Um, the, you know, while we celebrate joy and we are so grateful to this God-given joy in our hearts, we acknowledge that life is very difficult and we all carry our own crosses. Mm-hmm. And even on the back of our jerseys, we, we have a cross, a little symbol of a cross. And it's just, we're all always mindful of, of the cross that we're carrying and the crosses of, of all those who we encounter and who we carry in prayer. Um, but our cross began, it was just two pieces of wood, um, and it was poor and humble, two pieces of abandoned timber that had been fashioned into a cross. And each week we have added something different to the cross. Um, and, you know, now that we're approaching week six, the cross has been embellished with, um, you know, three nails. There's flowers on the, the cross to symbolize the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The cross has been painted blue for, for Our Lady. Um, there, there's so many elements to the cross, but we add something different every week. And there's a big reveal, if you like. But it's that idea that we carry the cross, but as we journey through life and we accept the cross and God gives us the grace to carry the cross, he transforms our hearts. And this idea, I think the words of, of Pope John Paul II and Pope St. John Paul II really sum it up. You know, he said, like, at the end of my life, Lord, let no gift that you have given to me have been un- left unwrapped uh, or left that I haven't unwrapped it. So he said, you know, help me to unwrap every gift that you have given to me. And I suppose it's this idea of, of being open to God working in our lives and that God really embellishes us with all of the, the goodness um, and just all of the virtues. He just clothes us in, in all the goodness of him. And it's this idea that we want at the end of our tour to have this transformed cross that begun as just two plain pieces of wood, but that will be a symbol of hope um, and of beauty. And we hope our, our vision at the very beginning was that we might, please God, take the cross to crack off with us. Oh, wow, that would Lord be wonderful. Day. We would love to, to really journey and, and conclude the pilgrimage um, there. So, I mean, the cross, it's beautiful and it's just a really um, moving part of the of the day on, on the Saturdays, just having that time of prayer and carrying the cross. It's just beautiful. Oh, that is great. Thank you, Maeve. You mentioned there that you wear a jersey and again, it's a very distinctive jersey. It's almost like a GAA jersey, if you like, a pink one. Mm-hmm. But it reminded me very much of a habit, if you don't mind me saying so. Just kind of of this idea of that you were journeying together as a 
community, if you like, a community of roses. And it was an outward symbol of that offering to God. Does that make sense? It does. Like, it, 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 it's just amazing. Like, it's such, it is such a witness because, you know, people recognize us and people that I maybe don't even know that I've seen, like when I've been across the border, were in the jersey. It's just, it is a symbol um, of our promise. Like, that's what we're all about, the, the rose being a symbol of a promise that we promise our lives to God and we give God, as Our Lady did, our yes and we trust then that he knows what will fulfill us most and bring us most joy. And if we just give him our yes and our surrender, then he'll bring that about in us. And wearing that jersey is just another outward, as you say, an outward sign of our yes. And we hope that it's a contagious yes, that more people <laughs> will have the courage to, to step forward and give their yes. And we can do it together in community, in communion with Christ and one another. Oh, it's wonderful. It really is. You've almost answered the question already, but I'll ask it anyway. Why will a rose be planted at every convent? Well, this is something that spoke in our hearts so strongly at the beginning when we were discerning um, how the tour would take shape. And, I mean, the the whole movement was inspired, um, was really a fruit of, of the International Eucharistic Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, where many of us met and became involved in the Michaela Foundation. And Michaela Macarivi herself um, was a rose of Tralee. And the rose is just such a beautiful symbol, as you would know yourself. Mm-hmm. And the more we contemplated the rose, um, it's just like mm-hmm. the, the journey of faith. The rose is so beautiful, but it's not without its thorns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that we're all called to be petals with the one stem you know, rooted and planted in Christ in the heart of Jesus. And then the idea of planting a rose, um, there was a story of, of St. Clair and St. Francis where they, they talked and promised that they would meet each other again. And as they made this promise, rose, roses bloomed in the snow. And so that the rose is just so synonymous. It's just so symbolic. And it is a symbol of a promise. So as we plant 10 roses around Ireland, um, we plant them to promise, really, to pray for the sisters, but to ask the sisters to pray for the young women of Ireland. And then Ten Roses, you know, symbolizes also offering a decade of the rosary to Our Lady of Knock, our ultimate golden rose. Um, and it's just clothing our country in the rosary and wrapping the country in Our Lady's mantle. It's just, it just feels so beautiful. And when I even talk about it now, it's just such a privilege to be, to be part of it and to just, to see how, um, God's plan is unfolding so beautifully. I really can hear it coming across in your voice as you're explaining it, and I'm sure our listeners can too. Another central part to the Rise of the Roses tour is the Holy Hour. Now, you mentioned earlier the Eucharistic Congress, but why did you decide to have a Holy Hour at every visit? Um, well, really the pillars, the two pillars um, for us and for all Catholics really are the Rosary and Adoration. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, we, where does the joy come from? Really, we've come to know in our own ways that the joy comes from this personal encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist. And that if we can spend time before him, then he's the one who does the transforming, the molding. He's the carpenter of our hearts. And, 
you know, we are so aware of, of our own human weaknesses too. And if we can go to Jesus in adoration and bring others to him, um, we'll not go far wrong with this too, with doing his will, because that's, that's all we want. We're not, you know, searching for, our, for glory for ourselves. We're not on this quest of, of getting famous. Or, you know, we just want to do God's will. And sometimes we make it carried away with our own ideas. But if we are constantly coming back to Jesus in the Eucharist and asking him what he wants, he'll, he'll keep us right. And it's, it's just essential. I mean, you know, it's, it's nourishment for, for the soul. It's, it's like oxygen for the soul, the Eucharist, and especially Eucharistic adoration. From even a personal um, point of view, it has transformed my life, and I couldn't get through a day without an hour of it, um, if I'm honest. And even any of the listeners um, that are listening, I'm sure that many who have encountered the Eucharist in that beautiful and personal way will agree. And people that haven't had that opportunity, I think just coming before the Lord um, and opening our hearts, it takes a while. It's, I think, a gradual thing because, you know, God's not an intrusive God. He doesn't kick down the door of our hearts, but we can open it from the inside. And, and then when we open our hearts and invite him in, then he can do do anything. You know, we're all just broken pencils, really, in the hand of a God who wants to write a love letter to the world. That's what Mother Teresa said. So if we can just acknowledge our brokenness and let the divine hand guide us, then, you know, he, he'll do the writing and the loving and the transforming. Absolutely. And it is so important. Pope Francis was speaking to a group of catechists and really trying to um, impress upon them the importance of spending that hour before the Lord. And he said, it doesn't matter if you fall asleep. I fall asleep. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's more about what the Lord is doing for us in that hour than what we're doing for him. Um, Maeve, I was just thinking there, um, as, you, uh, as you're tour, touring around, I think you're on number five and number six now at the moment, visiting the, ver- the various convents, I assume within that day that you're there, um, the various orders would be shared in the various char- charisms with you. What sort of stood out for yourself, you know, as you visited r- these various orders so far? Like what charisms do you mean have stood out? Or? As to what sort of life they lead. I mean, some of them might be, as you just mentioned, adoration. So some some orders just specifically mm-hmm. are dedicated to ad, ad, adoring Jesus. Mm-hmm. Others may be taking care of children, maybe teaching and so on and so forth. But maybe they all have, um, as they share their life, their daily life with you, did anything stand out for you in terms of what keeps them going? Yeah, I mean, um, I suppose like we we are, they're all like flowers in the garden of God. Really, they're mm. all so different. But you know, the garden would be very boring if they were all the same. Yeah, um, yeah. But mm. they're all planted in the same soil in, in that sense. And um, while the poor clergy in Fahard are semi-contemplative and they um, pray in hermitages, the Sisters of Adoration live a life of Nazareth, where they welcome people into their home and they adore um, Jesus in the Eucharist and make the altar birds. And then the Dominican sisters in Siena, um, they contemplate um, Jesus. They learn about the truth and they're all about reading and and informing themselves and then sharing the fruits of their contemplation. I mean, also different, but I can just say that there is this undercurrent of consistent joy every stop. Mm. You know, it's, it's a joy that is attracting 
so many people, you know, as we have journeyed on in the tour, you know, we began at St. Bridget's Shrine and even that symbol of the St. Bridget's Cross, and one of our team members was, was sharing this, that, you know, the reeds begin just a few and as, as the cross is, is fashioned and, and made, you know, you need to grab more, more reeds and you need to fold in more and use more and that's really the journey that we have made ourselves. We started off as just a couple of, of, of girls that wanted to do something beautiful for God and now, you know, there are just hundreds of people doing their bit and being woven into this beautiful um, tapestry of God and it is the joy that attracts um, you know, Mother Teresa says that joy is the net with which we can catch those. And I mean, I can just say I've caught the bug, and so many <laughs> others have. <laughs> yes. yeah. Beautiful. It's, it's the joy that comes from from Jesus, from Jesus and the Eucharist, from prayer, and it's it's just wonderful. I can't express enough how much of a privilege it is to experience and share that joy. And the one thing I noticed again, looking the, looking at the photographs and some of the videos on your site. That joy certainly came out, but there were a variety of ages. I mean, they'd be they'd be young and not so young, and people who would have been in these orders for years. Is that was that your experience too? Yeah, that's what we wanted. I mean, we had to be very, um, you know, we had to be really discern carefully what exactly is it God wants here. Is this exclusively for for girls who yeah. are discerning their vocation, or is this like an open invite here? What what is what what is it that God wants? Mm-hmm. And we just felt that, you know, it's this open invite for the whole family of the Catholic Church to just come and experience this joy because, you know, we're all called to to give God our yes. And, I mean, there were grannies that were welcome to come. There were children that were meant to, you know, welcome to come. There were mummies, daddies. There were young girls. There were even boys. You know, and we're all called to support each other, you know, we have to all support each other in our yes and come together and, you know, it has just been such a wonderful way to get even the local communities involved with the sisters that now they know that there are sisters praying for them and they can bring the sisters their mm. prayers. It's, mm. it's just beautiful and even, might I share, like, when we were preparing for our visit with the Dominicans in Drogheda, the sisters had made candles, they had really come together and done so much preparation and we went the day before and Sister Neve said to us, you know, girls, even if tomorrow never happened, the build up and the preparation has brought so much joy to our community that it wouldn't even matter. And mm. they just they really felt they received so much in the preparation, as did we. So for everyone, you know, everyone receives something beautiful from it and it's just it's it's amazing. It's it's wonderful, you know. Oh, it sounds like such a grace. Mm. Part of the joy, and not to be too much of a burden on the sisters that you're visiting, you've asked people to bring a cup and a cupcake. I think that's a really wonderful idea. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was brilliant. We, we just thought um, at the beginning when we were sort of praying about it and planning and getting really excited we really didn't want to put the sisters out at all. Mm-hmm. And some of the sisters have really had gone above and beyond what we ever expected, but even some of them just like that simple idea of bringing your mug and your muffin, your cup and your cupcake, your tea and Trebek, you know, it's just brilliant. And people, you know, have went and got their own mug and they <laughs> bring what they like. And we love, it's, it's that idea of, of gathering around 
a cup of tea and, and sharing a meal and sharing our hearts and it's just a real social thing and it's become just a real um, exciting point of the tour just what, what is everyone going to bring and it's brilliant like it's, it's really great and thank God like the, the teams that are delegated to each of the stops do an amazing job of helping the sisters run the day and cleaning up and just it's amazing like the girls that are involved are just such a credit to themselves and to God it's, it's great It's lovely to see that balance because you do need the Marys and the Marthas you need people who are praying and you need people who are willing to pitch in with some of the work as well some of the practical stuff Now on the 1st of August which is a Saturday you're coming to the Salesian Sisters in Fernbank in Limerick can you tell us a little bit more about that visit? Yeah, well, for the Salesians, this is such a special year. As you know, it's the 200, mm-hmm. the bicentenary of St. John Bosco. So it's such a special year for the Salesian sisters. Um, we will be visiting um, the sisters on the 1st of August. Um, it, it's going to be a wonderful visit. Um, we'll have our adoration, our time of prayer. We'll have some tunes that we're going to write and we have written about St. John Bosco to really celebrate the day. And um, it's it's just going to be amazing. The Salesians themselves, I spent some time with the Salesian sisters in the States as well. I lived with them for a while. And they are just, if you need joy, if you need an injection of joy, the Salesians are the sisters to see. Um, and just, you know, St. John Bosco himself said that within every young person lies the seed of a saint. And just that idea of, of all of us with that seed of sainthood in our souls just coming together um, and asking St. John Bosco and St. Mary Mazzarello to intercede for us and help um, help those seeds blossom into roses and help us open the petals of our hearts towards the light of God and share that with others. So that'll be a really exciting and beautiful day filled with laughter and joy and music and crack and tea and I'm really excited about it. So I, I know a dear friend of the programme here, Sister Timpna, is really, really looking forward to having you visit. What time will you be there? Um, I will just check time now. Um, as far as I know, the beginning of it is um, starting at, um, we're arriving at one o'clock for tea. Great. So the, the sort of beginning of it starts at one o'clock and we are going to um, begin like one thirty. you know we, we leave a bit of time for for getting to know everyone and chatting at the start so one o'clock we'll be um, arriving at the convent and I love that too because this is Ireland and people aren't always the best timekeepers mm-hmm. so one for one thirty is a really really good idea too you are such a talented bunch of young ladies I must say as well as being musically talented, and we'll hear a little bit about that in a little while, you've also compa- composed two prayers. And if you don't mind, Maeve, we'll ask you to pray the first of those prayers now. Yeah. Um, this, the, the two prayers were written, and um, mm-hmm. one of them specifically just for the, the women of Ireland, the, the roses. Um, and I'll pray that one now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dearest Jesus, you give up your life so that I would have life. Thank you. I love you. I now ask you, through the intercession of our blessed Mother Mary and our treasured saints, for the grace to give my life back to you wholeheartedly. Help me be what you've called me to be. 
Give me the courage and strength to fulfill this promise to you. May the Holy Spirit fill my heart and enlighten my mind. And may your love shine through all that I do so that others may want to promise the same. The rose is a symbol of a promise. I am a rose. I will rise for you. I am a rose. I will rise for you. I am a rose. I will rise for you. Kuchi lom glaku la salas de gra em achri. Amen. Nani manahar, agusin vek, agusin spirit nave. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. And we hope and we pray that we will all be able to make that prayer our own. We're going to have a little piece of music now, and it's a music, um, a song called Rise, Rise Roses, which was written by Sean McNichol, and it's performed by Maeve, and also by Hannah McCauley and Idel Quinn. And it's from your music CD, Sing a New Song. So let's have a listen to this. Roses show us the way. Rise, rise, roses into God's bouquet. You give your life out of love for Him. Rise, rise, roses, living Christ within. Richer than diamond, more precious than gold. Living out the greatest story ever told Examples to follow Beacons of light Joyfully giving your life to Christ Rise, rise, roses Show us the way Rise, rise, roses
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.